Welcome to Bubbly Bibbly, the podcast about books and bubbles, literature and libations, authors and alcohol. We love books and bubbly. We are friends who offer a curated book review section on our website and a hilarious podcast. We discuss books, drinks, and stories from our lives. I'm Rachel. And I am Carmen. Rachel, I have to apologize because you lent me a couple of books and I have not started either of them. Remind me which books they were. I know, you know, because it was so freaking long ago. Um, One is from John and it is J.R.R. Tolkien's The Fall of Gandolin. And the other is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Oh, yes, I remember that. But no worries. Keep them until you read them. But I know you're a very fast reader. So what's been the delay? Well, honestly, there are two two reasons. Number one, I'm in a little bit of a reading slump, which I won't get into right now because I think we're going to have to have a future episode on that. And number two, I'm a little bit scared to read the Crawdad book. I, <laughs> I don't know why. Because I, there's a, there is a I, really good reason. I really, really want to love it. And I'm afraid I won't. Um, there's been so much hype that my expectations are pretty high. Well, this sounds like some trauma we might want to unpack. So in this episode, we will talk about books we really wanted to love and didn't. Okay, what you reading? I am reading The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Oh, yeah. It is such a lovely little story about children with magic abilities living in an orphanage. Um, There's this department in charge of magical youth, and the story starts with a caseworker assigned to this highly classified orphanage where there are six very dangerous children, supposedly. A gnome, a sprite, a wyvern, a green blob, and a shapeshifter that shifts into a Pomeranian, and the Antichrist. (laughs) So... And can I tell you, I'm laughing out loud at this six-year-old because oh he's God. hilarious. He's like, coffee, tea, the blood of a child. <laughs> you know. So he's either a, a Pomeranian, which is one of the cutest dogs. Oh, it's dogs, the cutest thing in the world. Or the Antichrist? No, not him. So, no, there's a shapeshifter that shapes into a Pomeranian. And oh, then there's and the then end- that's yeah, another one. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought you meant a the shapeshifter went to a Pomeranian. He was either a Pomeranian or, or he was answer- the Antichrist. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> that would be funny. So what are you reading? Um, well, you know, let me just tell you something about Cerulean Sea. I have been on the library list for ages to get that book. And it they are, um, I think... They forecast like over six months before I'll get it. And I am so damn cheap. You might want to just get it on Kindle or something. No. Um, But as we're reading this, I am about 10 pages away from finishing The Master and Margarita, which I've been reading for like eight years. I know. (laughs) And I'm halfway through The Hate You Give. And I'm also... That's going to be interesting to hear your take on that. Too. Well, you know, I might have to put it down. Oh. Because I, I I, don't think I'm giving it the respect and the attention that it deserves. Gotcha. And I'm not in a great 
reading place right you're, now. You're in a slump. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking about putting it down, but keeping it on my TBR. Um, and then I'm halfway finished with the Chilbury Ladies Choir by Jennifer Ryan. Um, but I guess in actuality, to answer your question, I'm really not reading anything. Okay, well, maybe I'll get a better answer if I ask you, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Rachel, since we are recording together. Uh, In my studio at Low Mill. Yes. Um, Rachel went to a, a, a corner market and... <laughs> We, they're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to say their name. And That's true. Yes. But where the mill is located, it could be, you know, the local market is could be the crackhead place. So oh. it's somewhere respectable. Yeah, okay. Grocery store. The, the parking lot is paved. Exactly. <clears throat> um, go. But you got two bottles of wine, and I opened the Rosé de Printemps. Um, it's a rosé and from 2019, and you know, have you tasted it yet? I don't love it. I haven't. I, I don't, I'm going to try it. Yeah, huh? I don't love it. Oh, oh, wow! It's really. I saw sweet. that face. No, you know it's, it's. It's not my favorite either, but I'll drink it. But it's it's not even that it's. It's sweet. almost got like a great fruity taste right up front, I but really know. sweet. I don't know. Yeah, I don't love it. Um, while we're recording, I'm going to open this other bottle. It's called French Blue Bordeaux, which is funny because it's also a rosé. I know. And which it's is called Bordeaux. I love that, though. But I guess it's Bordeaux grapes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that are pink and not red. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe so. Anyway, um, so we're, we're drinking the same thing. We're drinking the same thing. And um, I also have some sweet tea, so. Uh, did you tell me what you're, yeah, never mind. I, okay. We'll I, I haven't that. even had a glass yet, and I'm already. Did you tell me what you're reading? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I did tell you what we. I was reading. Civilian C. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Let's just. Uh, yeah, I think I need I'm my leaving, hand fan. Actually, I'm leaving that in. So. <laughs> I like this episode's theme. It's all about setting expectations and meeting expectations. Sometimes they're set too high and a well-written book will suffer. Other times a reader who doesn't expect much from a book gets a very pleasant surprise when it's finished. Another issue is a change in your expectations. For example, I had no interest at all in reading Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter until uh, our friend, I know. sorority sister and listener. Shout out Gay. Hello, Gay. Uh, Gay talked about it with such high praise. And so now I have your open disdain uh, to balance Gay's praise. Oh, Gay's praise. Oh, um, so it, it sets my expectation at, you know, the best possible scenario. It could suck or I could love it. <laughs> okay, I love that. You may love it or you may hate it. Either way, you're prepared. That is exactly right. And uh, I want to cover as many books as we can today. So let's jump right in with one that we've already mentioned, Where the Crawdads Sing. Mm -hmm. um, my Aunt Margaret texted me about this uh, a few weeks ago, and I have heard nothing but great things you about this You know they're making title. a movie right now. Yeah, well, which means I'll hate they're the book. Filming. Um, that usually any any movie that they make Likes. Hollywood makes I hate the, I hate the book White Oleander hated it mm -hmm. uh, Practical Magic 
Hated oh, it. I didn't like that either. Yeah, and um, and or they'll make the movie out of a book that I love and, and really change it completely. Pay it forward. Oh, I know. Um, anyway, uh, when I was talking to Margaret about this. It uh, made me so happy that you had one to lend, but her text to me said this, watch the movie instead. Well, it, it is a long book, but I enjoyed it. It's not exactly like other rave reviews, so she's really wanted to love this when it didn't. She, she did. She did want to love it, and she definitely did not. It's a long book, and it's very detailed. You keep detailed. saying that. Stephen King's 11, uh, 11, 24, 63, whatever it is, that is a long freaking book. It's 800 and pages. And the, the Queen, Mary Queen of Scots. I read that. But it's like over a thousand. But is not more than 400 pages, is it? It just feels like 800. Oh, There's a lot of detail damn. to it. But I, I loved it. I, I liked all that. You loved it, but it felt like 800 pages? It was that a, is a direct contradiction. I mean, it's like saying, how long have you been married? Well, it feels like fucking forever. <laughs> I, okay, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we are going to get straight into this. And my first disappointment, and I've mentioned this before in, in the overrated, but it was the Twilight Saga by Stephanie Meyer. Every book in the Twilight series, but I read that one. It was really popular when the kids were in school, and I wanted to read it before Emma got a hold of it, just to see if there was, you know, anything in it that I needed. And it was awful. Bella, the heroine, is just, she's annoying. And the vampire sparkle, it's just hashtag eye roll, hashtag <laughs> face plant, hashtag, yeah, it's that bad. Now, that's the, the sparkle when they get into the light? Yeah. When they're supposed to combust. Correct. I want my vampire to fucking combust when they get into the light. I don't want them to sparkle. Oh, this one, I, it just was a, it just was a, when the, when you can't even root for the heroine. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, get over it already. You know. Well, I, um, I read the first one uh, of that and, uh, I think that so many, you know, I think it was the, the teens, Fifty Shades of Grey, because there was just a lot of like um, sophomoric romance. Oh yes, in it and stuff like that. So um, anyway, after the first one, I, I didn't feel like I needed to read anymore. Right. And the movies, I mean, don't even get me started on Kristen Stewart, worst actress ever. Oh. Totally um, agree. Now, a series that I really wanted to love was the Psalm 23 Mysteries by Debbie Vigay. You're nodding your head like you've heard of it. No, but it, it interests me when I saw this. Uh-huh. Um, and I did look it up, but, and, but you didn't like it. No, let me tell you why. It's about a Jewish rabbi and a Protestant church secretary. Uh, and their congregations are next to one another. And there is a murder, mystery, sexual tension. I just really wanted to love it. As it sounds like it would be like a cute I know, rom-com so right? murder series. Yes, yes. Um, so I read a few and I couldn't read anymore. And I gave myself a few years off and I tried to read them again. But they are so poorly written that honestly, I am shocked, amazed, and gobsmacked that there are 26 of them in this series. And I want everyone to go and read my um, 
crucifying review on Bubbly Bibbly. Uh, BubblyBibbly.com. Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I talked about this series a few episodes ago in uh, the books we refuse to read. I wasted good reading time giving this one chance after chance. So Debbie Vigay owes me some money. <laughs> <laughs> At least a coffee. Yes. Okay, so I might get some hate mail on this next one. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Everybody just loved this book. And I went into it and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to love it. It was The Notebook by Nicholas, Nicholas Sparks. Sparks. Yeah. Now, you wait know, a minute. Isn't I, that the one that Ryan Gosling? Yes. And Rachel McAdams? Yes. The best it's on a, screen kiss that year? So, actually, uh-huh. I liked the movie. <gasps> okay. okay. But if you think that was sappy, don't read the book. Because the book is even like a thousand percent even more. But... It was real simple, if that makes any sense. So the dialogue was really super simple. It was just almost actually, it was like, I love you. Yes, I love you. And then they kissed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was real, it was really more sappy than it needed to be with extra simple writing. Yeah. And it just, watch the movie and you're good to go. Who do you think his audience for that was? I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it was like Twain's. Mm-mm. Who are not really, was there some sexual stuff in it? I mean, nothing that, <clears throat> no. Because no. it, it doesn't sound appropriate for adults, and it doesn't really sound appropriate. I mean, who is he writing for? I, I don't know, but the writing, I was really surprised at the writing. They did, they did a good job with the movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but the book is just extra sappy with really simple dialogue. That's interesting. And I just, I like something a little bit more interesting that I could connect with. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, uh, I'm going to get hate mail too, because like I, <laughs> I, know. Like I, I said a few minutes ago, um, this one is not going to be very popular. It's 112263 by Stephen King. Um, I really wanted to love this one. I have been a Stephen King fan for a really long time, all except for Gerald's Game, <clears throat> which right. freaking damaged me. You know, if you haven't read Gerald's Game, don't. Don't read it. Don't, don't, you know, don't even look at the cover because wow. something may speak to you from that cover. I don't even pick the book up. Don't even pick it up. No, no, no. Um, but I have loved every one of his books that I've ever read. This one, though, seemed like it was about 200 pages too long. <laughs> I know it got it just was mired down. It was cumbersome and it got kind of convoluted. The premise is fantastic. And I appreciated the attention to detail, but it was almost like the editors looked at one another and said, I'm not telling him to cut these parts. Well, (laughs) I'm not telling him. So I did finish this one. But if it had not been for a reading group that I was participating in, I would have abandoned it about 300 pages in. So, you know, John agrees with you i mean you know john that's a blanket statement because john does not like stephen king in general correct i just did not like this book no here's john's quote Mm -hmm. sorry shout out to our listener who loves oh janet loves janet i'm sorry yeah oh and by the way janet got a signed stephen king copy did you you see that oh my gosh i know that was like the pinnacle of her reading experience anyway go ahead so well, anyway, he would just agree with you. He just, he doesn't like anything that Stephen King writes. I don't agree with that. I loved, like, Misery. 
I loved a yeah. couple of, uh, you know. You know, there are some early. books that you need to read by Stephen King when you're a teenager, like in high right. school. Right. And yes. that's like Misery, Firestarter. Yeah, Firestarter's good too. Yeah. I loved yeah. Firestarter. Yeah, Carrie. Yeah. yeah. That's that speaks to you as a, you know, teenage girl. Yeah, all of those uh, old books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of those. I, was, I would agree. Yeah. So this one really made me sad. The okay. next one, I really wanted to love it. And it was Marley and Me by uh, John Grogan. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And I already, I'm going to open my hand fan. Listen, hear that? Uh -huh. I'm opening my hand fan so I can fan myself because I know what's coming. Okay. This was mediocre at best. I feel like it was almost written by someone who really loved their dog, but but was a bad dog owner because they couldn't control the dog. It was like someone, it was like a parent writing about their kid. And the kid is like, you know, in the group, like nobody likes the kid because he acts up and you're like, dude, do something with your kid. It was, just, I felt the same way. I, I totally thought this was going to go a different route. I no, because I know how you are about books with dogs. I know. I will. I think, again, my expectation was way up here. Okay. Cute picture, dog. Oh, the dog was you adorable. Know, and the dog's a hot mess, and you're like, oh, it's gonna be comical and it's gonna be funny, and there were no parts in the book that were funny or amusing. I mean, you know, it was, it was just so what? What? Awful. I mean, I got annoyed. Did they not? Uh, did they not train the dog? No, it was just a dog that tore everything up. I mean, it was just a wild, hot, a mess of a dog. Uh -uh. And how they come in and, like, uh -uh. tear up their lives. No. And I'm like, really? What was the redeeming quality? There was nothing. Really? Yeah. I was like... Did you so see the movie? Yes, and it was even worse. I... Who was that? Was that Owen Wilson and Jennifer yes, Aniston? Yes, that was the one. Wow. Why and it did was they even... That movie, if you look, it's like... Rotten Tomatoes probably gave it like 23 thumbs See, down. Every it was book awful. that I hate, Hollywood should just call me and say, what have you hated this year? Because we're going to make, make it. We're going to make a feature film out of that. Okay, so we're going to pour the other bottle of wine mm -hmm. and we'll come back for part two. Okay, you ready? Yes. Uh, with apologies to my Best friend in the world, Deanne. Hi, Deanne. Hi. My next book is Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I'm I'm shocked with this one, by, by the Gail way. I, I'll, go ahead. <laughs> um, everyone, and I mean everyone. Me included. Loved this book. Um, it's about a woman who obviously has Asperger's. Uh, I found her quips and outlook and reaction to things quirky and endearing at first. You know, it was kind of cute yeah. and it was funny. It made me smile. Um, there were some nice moments like her friendship with Raymond, who was an IT worker at her business, um, and meeting Sammy, who was an elderly man who fell outside of a grocery store. And then Raymond and Eleanor helped him. But... Um, where it fell short for me was the trauma she experienced when she was a child and how it seemed to have such a dramatic impact on her mental health as she began to deal with it. And I just didn't buy it. I, I felt like the representation of a person with Asperger's was done a disservice in the intimation that dealing with the past is able to kind of wipe away some of the mental disorder of that 
condition. And I didn't feel like the way she acted in the beginning indicated that it was from some sort of trauma. The two just didn't jive with me. Well, okay, so I do see your point mm-hmm. and your point of view. Mm-hmm. And I read the book. I loved it because I fell in love with Eleanor. Just, I rooted for her, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. you could tell there was something wrong with her from the beginning. Yeah. And then finding out such trauma happened to her, you were like, wow, I'm, I'm amazed you can even, <laughs> you know, do what you do. And um, so I rooted for her. So, I mean, I kind of, but I see your point of view. Because it, not that it sort of made it seem like they, they dealt with it, but they could have dealt with it in a different way, I guess. I just didn't, I, I, th- I thought she tried to merge. Blame it too much on the Asperger's. Well, I thought organ. she tried to merge mental health with... Um, Tragedy. Yes, with, with like PTSD. Right. And instead of one making the other one more profound, mm-hmm. it, I don't know, it just kind of muddied the waters and it did a disservice to each one. Right. That's what I thought. Right. So I, I did not, I did not enjoy it. And so you know what? Yeah, you're fine. Are they going to make a movie out of it? They probably will. They probably will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've mentioned this next book of mine before, too. It's The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. And can I just tell you, you know, we go later on in this episode, we, we'll talk about authors that we really want to love and we don't love. And yeah. he's probably one of those for me. I just, I didn't like the book or the movie. Hello, shout out to Tom. That Hanks cra- hair. It cracks me up. I you mean, hate the movie because of Tom Hanks' hair? It, what is wrong with you? Did you see it? <laughs> it? It looks like a bad toupee wig thingy. I don't know. I <laughs> I tried to watch the movie. It was so distracting. Oh, please. I'm sorry. Wasn't, but, wasn't there like an albino giant mute person <laughs> in it? And you were distracted by Tom Hanks' freaking hair? I, I really was. Damn, wanted. Rachel. I know. Fuck. So don't try and explain it to me or say, oh, well, it's really interesting or it's eye-opening and you should really have a more open mind when you're trying. Just just don't. I mean, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't even a good thriller. The characters are really weak for me. And I thought the dialogue was just excruciatingly terrible. Um, it was, for me, you know I love ACDC. And for me, it was like listening to Kenny G. So... <laughs> Um, it just was, it wasn't good. Between Tom Hanks' coiffure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a good word. And Kenny G. Sorry, I'm not throwing Kenny G under the bus, but when you're going Uh, in, thinking you're going to be listening to ACDC, because it's supposed to be this real popular Kenny G is out there right now saying, fuck you, Rachel. Exactly. (laughs) He's like, I don't need you anyway, girl. Let me just count my millions in my bank. Speaking of Kenny G, he was in the Bad Moms movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And didn't he say something to the effect? Something yeah, like, fuck um, you, Martha Stewart? Yes, <laughs> he did. Okay, that's funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. My next one is I Wanted to Love Life of Pi by And that's a movie, Jan by the way. Martell. <laughs> I'm seeing a, a trend here. Yeah. Um, I knew it was about a shipwreck that lands a boy and several wild animals on a boat. Um 
and I did some research on it. It's called philosophical fiction, mm-hmm. which I find very highbrow. Philosophical <laughs> fiction. Yeah. Um, hello. Up here, Carmen. Yeah. Yeah. That's... You're just not getting it. It's eye-opening. <laughs> you need to be open-minded. Well, you know, I, whoever gave this, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to call it. It's not a genre. It's fi- phys- philosophical. I don't, I can't even say it. It's so stupid. I think they just made it up. But um, they've obviously never read Justin Garter's Sophie's World, which is the very definition a philosophical fiction. And if you've never read this book, put it on your TBR. Oh my gosh. Justin Garter is one of my favorite authors. Mm. And he's very hard to find because he's not sexy, you know, like some of these other authors, like Dan Brown is. Um, but anyway, back to Life of Pi. The fact that there's a Bengal tiger on board uh, a lifeboat with a human and doesn't eat the human for almost a fucking year is beyond ridiculous. But it's they're just, friends. Oh my God. It's, it's re- They become... No, the boy the tries to assert himself as the alpha. Yeah. This little scrawny, yeah, you like, know, bite-sized morsel tries to exert himself as the alpha when this wild animal is starving. It's not even close to believable. It, I mean, it's not even close. And then <laughs> I had to almost laugh when the main character, I hate to say this, but the main character was struck blind and yeah, delusional. Love, okay. You giggled before you said that. It's, <laughs> it's just so stupid. Um, from exposure (laughs) and just happens to encounter i mean listen if you haven't read it just continue to listen because you're gonna think oh my god you're freaking kidding me the encounter of french castaway who climbed aboard the boat to eat him but the bengal tiger eats the castaway instead so pie is struck blind and disoriented this french castaway not English, comes not, <laughs> not from Portugal, not he, Spanish. He comes out of French. the water, is unseen by Pi. And, or Ethiopian. And he's going to eat Pi, mm-hmm. but the Bengal tiger eats him. It, it's just, it was just too stupid to believe. Um, I think the author probably watched the film The Usual Suspects too many times <laughs> and wanted to pin a book that in the end would have that feel that the end of the movie had. What was his, what was his name uh, in The Usual Suspects? Um, Don't ask me at yeah, the end of the day. It, it Sorry. Was, it was something just brilliant. But uh, Jan Mar- Martel, not so much. Well, I think you just have to suspend your belief. If you're reading The Life of Pi. That's okay if I'm reading Alice in fucking Wonderland. But Pi, I mean, you would think it would be at least the boy feeds the Bengal tiger fish or so that he doesn't get eaten. But for like a whole year? Yeah. Mm-mm. No. And you know what the the Bengal tiger has for dessert after the, the fish entree? Pie. Exactly. Yeah. He has a piece of pie. <laughs> Ching. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I'll crack myself up. I think we're going to get a lot of mail from this, by the way, because then I, okay, so many people recommended The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Okay. Wait, before we get on this, let me pour you some of this French blue wine. Okay. Thank you so because much. Because it's a lot better than okay. that rosé. Um, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, The Secret. 
Okay, so, you know, it's really hot. Oprah recommended it. It was just like everybody's reading it and they love it. It's like positive attitude, assertion. Yay. I don't think I've ever heard of it. The Secret? No. Okay. But for some reason, I just could not get into it. I have, I have two friends that love it. And they were trying to tell me all about it. And I just, I could not get into it. For me, it didn't have any rhyme or reason. Okay. So... In there, in the book, it says, quote, quantum physics will tell you the universe was created from thought. Um, no. I'm, I'm married to a physicist. I live with a physicist. How many times has John told you, hey, Rachel, things, shit's made out of things. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> or being, it's obvious. I mean, I don't know. The universe was oh, created thought. from thought? Yeah. No. No, John will not agree with that. Oh anyway, and it just, it just, things are mentioned as facts in this book with no citations, no credibility, nothing. Is There's, this fiction? No. Oh. No. And it's, so there's nothing, there are no real applicable principles of her assertions. Like, it just, pretty much you say, positive attitude, you bring in what you want from the universe and you will get it. Oh my gosh. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, that reminds me of that in the nineties that, um, maybe it was the two thousands that, um, what do you, what do you uh, call that religion? The prosperity gospel. Oh, Joel, Joel, Joel Austin. Yeah. The prosperity yeah. gospel. God does, you know, God, you're a child of the King. God wants you to wear Rolex. Prosperity. Oh, really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Well, tell that to Jesus who said, go into a town without, with just your cloak and count right. on somebody's hospitality. I mean, it, it don't even get me started, but this is what this is. It's the principle of thought. So your thoughts yeah. create your future kind of thing. Wow. And seriously, I would rather have Tim Gunn come into my studio. Tim and go, Gunn, the fashion guy? Yes. Come in and go, make it work, Rachel. <laughs> make it work. Make it work. Rachel, here you are two pieces from Walmart and Jacqueline and Smith silk. collection. Make it work. Make it work. <laughs> make, you know, just come in. I'm like, I'm, I'm like a disaster of a life. And he comes in and goes, make it work. So, you can do it. So let's, I believe in you. Let's unpack this just a little <clears> bit, Rachel, because do you think they love the book so much because their life is, their lives are missing something at the core. And so they think that they can just pull it out of the air. I would agree with that statement. So basically, but I think that's why you read books like this. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, I feel like they're, looking for something just to add to their life to help them focus mm -hmm. and to get to where they're going with their goals to help them okay. with their goals well now if if they just need something to help them focus but if they're trying to put responsibility on the universe for them not driving a cadillac no but the two friends that i know that do love this book and, yeah. and kind of not aspire to these beliefs, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like you with positivity. If you're very positive, people will be attracted to you. Well, you know, even Kevin Costner, before he took, took down all that corn um, and built the baseball, baseball stadium, um, he saw a ghost and heard 
you know. So mm-hmm. he at least had something mm-hmm. other than something a little more concrete. Right. You know what I'm saying? Shoeless Joe Jackson. Build it and they will come. Yeah. Yeah. And they did. No, I, I believe that. And I just feel like it was just one of these books where I thought I would gain something. Yes. And I wanted to love it because mm-hmm. people, you know, it was on Oprah's list and my friends were like, oh, yeah, this is great. Uh-uh. You know, and I just couldn't find anything, anything in there for me. Yeah. Um, well, my next disappointing read is Normal People. Okay. I had this on my list as well. So. And then when you read over my, my transcript, you took it off? Yeah, I did the whole back button. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, it's by Sally Rooney. And um, to me, you know, we read this for our sorority book club where it's older sorority ladies and then the younger collegiates. I think most everybody hated it, though. But this must be what happens when a millennial writes a book. Because, you know, the collegiates didn't hate it like the older ladies did. No, but they didn't like it. They didn't They didn't love it. You're, no. Yeah, you're right. But they did see some qualities in there that they could pull from. Yes. So we've got uh, two main characters, Canel and Marianne, and they go from high school angst to college angst. You know, the key word here is angst. angst. Um, and nothing matures about them. Their feelings, their communication, their stunted relationship with one another. It just <laughs> floats on by. Um, as I, at least, was desperately hoping that someone was going to learn something, make a decision or say a truth. They just didn't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And they, you know, they constantly wanted to intersect, but they continued on this parallel path because neither one of them was willing to grow. Right. Or commit or open their damn mouth and say what they were feeling. The communication was so, it's like, uh, you want to just, I was screaming at the book, just say it, tell him or tell her. Yes, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, that's so funny you would say that because um, it it reminds me of this scene in, I don't know if it's a short or a or movie, but this young woman goes on an interview and the interviewer says, you know, why, why do you want to work here? And she said, well, um, you called me. So it's obvious that you want me to work here. You yeah. know, and it's like, oh my God, no. And as someone who says what they mean and means what they say, I can't put up with that. Bullshit. No, I can't do the whole where you just, I've never stifled. What yes. I have to say. Yes. I'm, I haven't. Especially matters of the heart. Exactly. I hate that I'm gonna so much. I'm going to say it. I know. Yeah. And um, I was watching this, this uh, show called The Good Witch. And it was on Hallmark Channel. And I was so afraid that The, the Good Witch character and then the doctor character we're going to tiptoe around each other and the ex-wife came in and she was you know just really tormenting the good witch and and the good witch went to the doctor and said this is what your bitch ex-wife is doing she didn't say that um because she's a good witch. well and it's on hallmark <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the carmen channel she would say <laughs> exactly this is what your bitch ex-wife said oh to my me God. but anyway i just i can't tolerate that I I'm sorry I got I got a little carried away there but (laughs) but see we're both very blunt I mean I'm like a bull in a china shop Mm -hmm. if you don't want me to say anything don't invite me 
you know. Yeah. Basically. Yes. Um, so I totally agree with you on normal people. In another book club that I'm in, we read Next Year in Havana by Chanel Clayton. Oh, that's and on my TBR. Oh, damn. No. <laughs> um, and I really couldn't wait to read it. I was really excited to read about Cuba, you know, the revolution, because it goes back and forth from 2017 and to, uh, 1958. Oh, yes. Basically, it's about the granddaughter who learns about the grandmother. And the, the granddaughter's a, a journalist, and she goes back to spread her grandmother's ashes. Oh. In Cuba, her, you know, the land where she was birth you know her birth land yes that is and, very respectful um and she does it and it's it's really nice um i was not impressed with the writing style okay here's a here's a quote my eyes slam closed okay <laughs> also when she's in cuba there's an instant love scenario boom there it is okay hate that and i bet he was gorgeous too well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the six-pack. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lovely. Um, but also when I was, I was reading it, and I, I couldn't find it uh, before the show, but there was, like, some time issue. Ish, like, at one point it was, like, four years, and then somewhere else in the book it was, like, seven years, and then there, I don't know. I'm like, what happened here? I don't know. I, it just seemed to need good editing, yeah. better better yeah. editing so at the beginning and when they went back and forth to the years did they give you just the year or how did the author do it did she give you a, a month and a day and a year yeah, a or? little bit yeah now i can't remember now you're telling i can't remember how the chapters were okay because you know it's very different because uh, i read when this they like go back four years forth. ago but yeah oh yeah 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 or when this came out yeah but it was just overly simplistic mm -hmm. with the way Cuba is now, and like her going back as a visitor. Yeah. It just seemed to oversimplify the issues that the Cuban people really have. Oh. And. Um, so I, really, she didn't really respect. I don't know. I just felt like the attention, the attention that I felt needed for Cuba and the history mm -hmm. that was there and mm -hmm. what her grandmother went through. Yes. Wasn't there. It was overly simplistic. And I. Well, when you name a book after a place, you need to give that place the proper respect. She described it, but it didn't give you the feeling of, like, you really couldn't grab hold of what it felt, felt yes. like. Yes, yes. I don't know. It was just really simplistic. That's interesting. I wonder if um, if this was the author's first. It was. And, but you it know, was. after you read a lot, and tell me if you agree with this, you can spot a first published book a mile away. Yeah, there was, I've read two this year. So and I'm like, would, would you read it's more? It's the editing. I will blame it on the editor. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Would they you should have more? caught some of those things. I, I can sort of overlook the simplified writing style mm -hmm. if i'm enjoying the characters or i feel like i'm there mm -hmm. kind of thing mm -hmm. would um, you read more by this author i i would i would probably read at least one more book okay yeah um so hey rachel um we are uh i knew this was going to be a jam-packed it really is yeah 
We and, actually have authors and books. Yeah, and um, I I just asked Rachel uh, on the sly how long we'd been recording. It's almost 40 minutes. And I know you'll edit some of that out, but not a lot, probably. No, so this we're is gonna, a long one. We're going to break this into two episodes. So the next episode is going to be where we start on uh, the last part of our talk. And so um, we will still be drinking the same wine. Mm -hmm. We might be eating some grapes and chomping on some crackers. Might um, be. And we may even uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Japanese restaurant we're going to go to later, okay. maybe. And the sound of our cheering fans means it's time for... Listener, listener comments. comments! To our What Would You Rather Wednesday question, would you rather lose a monopoly or life? Danielle answered, Monopoly. I'm not sure anyone truly knows how to play that game correctly. That is so damn true. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you do when you land in jail? Or, I mean, do you get, what is the rule when you get all of the, the money in you the- You pass start. You pass go. You pass go, you get $200. Oh, yeah. But there's you one- You get the community chest when you draw the, when you draw the card. But it, that, there's one that I play where you put all the money in the middle, and then once that's you the do something, chest. that's community chest? Yes, and you, you get it when you draw the community chest card. I do know how to play that. I would much rather do life because I'd rather lose it life because it's quicker. I love, I, well, and, and two, I should have said that's the life. game you know, life. The cute I should have said the game and not lose at life because, you know, I mean, damn, right. who wants to lose at life? I but mean, you're but right. losers. I loved putting the little pegs in the cars. Oh, yeah. And if I did it today, I would do some same-sex couples. <laughs> you know, I would. Sure. So, Danielle. Me and Carmen in a car. No. Yes. So that is so true. That's so funny, Danielle. There are so uh, many homemade rules for Monopoly out there. Danielle, thank you for answering our question. And let me just say, by the time this is posted, Danielle and her lovely husband, Justin, may be new parents. So she is just Shout on the cusp. Shout out to Danielle. She is on the cusp of giving birth to her first child. So we're uh, so excited for you, sweetie. Yes, we are. And we love you. And thank you so much for being uh, a friend, a sorority sister, and a dedicated listener. So let us know which books you really wanted to love and why you didn't. And of course, always check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And visit us at www.bubblybibbly.com. And while you're waiting on me to post new book reviews, do yourself a favor and try a few cocktail recipes. I tried Rachel's favorite, The Irish Maid, the other day. It's delicious. Oh, my God. It's like a really fresh margarita. Okay, so I, I'm going to tell you, I made two. <laughs> and I, I may or may not have had to sit up in the bed for a few minutes before I laid down. Oh, you always put your foot on the bed, one foot on the floor. I, my one foot's too high for me to put one foot on the floor. Well, you put, you get a stool then. Oh, well. <laughs> Did you not learn that? Okay. No. And to these books that we just didn't love, well, James Ingram said it best in his song, I don't have the heart to hurt you. It's the last thing I wanted to do. But no, I don't. Rachel, stop. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm so sorry. Okay, but, go ahead. But this, you will first take of it all. Over. My maiden name is Ingram. So you better. I should get this okay. right. Okay. To, right. The, well, to the books we just didn't love. Well, James Ingram said it best in his song. I don't have the heart to hurt you. It's the last thing I wanna do. But I don't have the heart to love you. Not the way you want me to. 